You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we continued our discussion on confronting reality, only this time we talked about benchmarking. We also took some listener emails. Enjoy! Eric, it's great to have you on once more. Um, Yeah, it's great to see you. Thanks, Tom. So, uh, you know, yesterday we spoke about this concept of confronting reality, and we, I think, put it in a in a paradigm or a viewpoint where we were looking at um, three steps: it's it's assessment, benchmarking, and planning. And we really tackled the honest assessment phase um, of you know this this process. And so today I wanted to talk about what confronting reality really means, um, you know, in form of benchmarking. So you've taken your honest assessment. And the next step is is benchmark, right? It, it is, and and I think benchmark is is really a a key step because without context, information is useless. And so the the whole idea about the assessment is is you get a baseline understanding of information, but what you really need then is you need to put it in context, and that's where benchmarking uh, really comes into play. Yeah. So what, what is benchmarking? Just as a refresher, we've, we've kind of gone into depth about it before, but uh, what, what is it? Well, so, so benchmarking would be taking the key aspects, your athletic, academic, financial information, and then measuring that against what it takes uh, to play or be a student at or afford a specific college. And so the idea is basically you put your information next to the requirements of that college and you can see whether you stack up now or whether or not, um, you, you know, you, you have some work to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, you went into uh, the context of uh, the 60 yard dash velocity, battable exit speed. Um, what, you know, how do we determine that benchmark utilizing our platform? Well, and that's the really cool thing and, and why we started this. I mean, if you go back, you know, five, 10 years, you go back as far as 10 years when I really started looking at what was going on in uh, the pursuit of uh, playing sports in college. And what I saw was uh, not a lot of hard data or information for parents and players to sink their teeth into. And so... As, as you remember, when we started this company, uh, we started calling college coaches directly. And uh, I think I mentioned before, you know, we talked to over 250 of the 300 Division I coaches to basically benchmark uh, particular athletic requirements at a school by position. And so, you know, our customers and clients have the benefit of that information where effectively we, we have two levels of benchmarking in our product. The first one on, on the uh, athletic side is the uh, level of play. And so we have generic information about level of play at um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and NAIA. But then we also have it broken down by individual school. And so when you get on our product on the athletic uh, side, you can actually dig in and see what it takes to play at a particular school and, you know, whether you match up. That's awesome. Um, you know, what, what realities, you know, we're talking about confronting reality. So what realities do um, individuals and, you know, people we've spoken with really need to confront when they're determining these benchmarks? 
Well, I, I think the, the first thing is they have to look at it. This is objective third-party data. It's not subjective, right? These are not our opinions, which is why we put together a database with this information. This is obtained directly from colleges, college coaches. And so that's the first thing you have to look at. The other thing then you have to look at is, is you know, your assessment. That was an objective third-party assessment uh, based on quantitative data, not opinion. And so you put those two things together and, and you look, look where you see. And, and in most cases, um, you're not going to stack up out of the box with your dream school. But the, the, the good thing is we have the information that uh, allows you to, to kind of see what you need to do. I mean, I, I reflect on a conversation I had with a client about three years ago. And this uh, player at the time was a freshman in, in high school. And um, they had just come back from an elite Division I camp. And uh, this particular player was uh, a pitcher, and he was throwing 78 miles an hour. And uh, from this particular school, we, we knew that the fastball needed to be above 90 miles an hour. And uh, the, the parent proceeded in the, in the conversation to tell me that while the gun said that his uh, son was only throwing 78, uh, his mechanics looked much better than the pitchers that were throwing 90 miles an hour. And you know, in, in looking at that and, and this particular player, um, actually, uh, through a series of, uh, conversations and the like, actually, uh, got the benchmarking. He became an optimist and developed a plan to achieve his goals. But the, the idea is 90 miles an hour is 90 miles an hour. And mm -hmm. that is an objective third party, uh, piece of information that, you know, you can choose to, uh, accept it. And be real about it and develop a plan to try to get there. Or you can, you know, make an excuse or create a reason why it's not so. And unfortunately for most people, um, with that strategy, you don't end up, uh, achieving your goals or your dreams. And so that, that's really key. And, and, you know, that's why we've also broken it down into tools data and have objective information by tool that not only you can uh, test, but, uh, you can also train. And, um, on a future podcast, maybe we can break down the five tools of baseball and, um, the objective measurements there. But, um, you know, th th that's certainly something. And then we do the same thing on the academic side. Um, you know, we break down schools in terms of tiers, academic tiers. Um, but we also break it down at the individual school level. And so you can actually benchmark your GPA and your standardized test scores against uh, individual schools and see where you stack up and, uh, in fact, build a plan to uh, academically uh, qualify for the, the school. And then, of course, you know, what, what we have on our, our site are uh, the benchmarking tools, improve my match and improve my tier. So you can see and it actually gives you some recommendations on what you need to do uh, to improve your athletic and, and academic tools. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because information without, I think, action or or a plan or or anything like that isn't necessarily the most useful so i think it's great that you know we're able to provide that um so i think it really comes down to how you end up interacting or reacting to your assessment and where you land on the benchmark and then how you really take it from there will determine your next steps as you develop a plan which i, I think we'll talk about uh tomorrow um thank you i mean i think what we need to do now is we have some some more questions from some of our 
from some people. And what I want to do is start with uh, Stephanie from San Leandro, California. Um, Stephanie's question is a little bit longer, but I, I think it actually is going to be well worth taking the time to answer it. So Stephanie has a son, Matt, who's a member of the class of 2020. Um, and she, she writes, my son, Matt, recently received an invitation to attend a winter prospect camp for a local program. This is the first official piece of mail he's received from a school. The school seems to be a match athletically, but on your site seems to be a stretch academically. I have three questions. One, would it be a waste of money to attend this camp considering Matt is currently a three-star academic match? Two, given that Matt is a junior, can he do enough in less than a year to be a better academic fit? And three, what is the best way we can go about strengthening this weak point in his application? No, that's a that's a great question and a, and a common one we get about specific prospect camps. And so I think you know the first thing to assess right is is we're heading into fall of the the junior year, and so you you've effectively got a, about a year um, to to improve. Um, actually, probably closer to eight months. But so that that's the first thing we have to look at is we have some time. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the the thing that you really look at here, and we don't have all the information, unfortunately, we'll have to contact uh, 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 Stephanie offline and get the more information because what's really missing is the standardized test scores. Because in a situation where the GPA is uh, maybe a little bit lower, the standardized test scores can really come into play uh, to impact that. So assuming that uh, the standardized test scores are within 10%, of the um, athletic or academic requirements of the school, um, it could make sense to uh, attend the camp. Um, it could be a great experience to get on campus, um, given there's an athletic match. Um, the coaches will definitely uh, be piqued up about um, uh, Matt attending the camp. But um, you know, I, I think that might might be good, assuming that the test scores are within 10% of of the requirements. Um, so, you know, that kind of hits on number two, which is, you know, what can Matt do to improve um, his opportunity? And, and the first thing is the test scores. What we've seen over time is if you take a uh, review course, you can add about 10% to your standardized test score. So that would be one to look at. The other thing is, um, you know, it, the grading period is almost done, but you're going to have the next grading period, which, gonna, which is going to come into account for admissions as well. So I think really looking at study habits, uh, whether you can uh, get a tutor to, in fact, uh, increase the, the GPA. And so those are the two things I would look at is, you know, first and foremost, test scores, because that might be the easiest one, um, and then potentially getting some help uh, in the classes. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, large question. But like, like you said, when we get off, and so we'll probably want to do a podcast just on that alone. Um, Absolutely. The next yeah, the next question we have is from uh, Denise from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Denise has a son, Kyle, who's a member of the class of 2022, so uh, a freshman. Um, Denise writes, my son really wants to play Division One baseball at a school like TCU. All of his classmates seem to, be, seem to be paying a lot of money for fancy recruiting videos. Are recruiting videos actually necessary? Uh, it seems like an awful lot of money to me, but I don't want to ruin his chances. You know, this this is another uh, great, great question about recruiting videos. Uh, that uh, business has uh, popped up significantly in the uh, last several years, and we've seen people uh, go from you know creating their own videos to spending as much as three thousand dollars for a professional video. And I think the first thing you have to look at is 
what is the recruiting video for? And for me, when I look at this process, the recruiting video is really about getting a first date and piquing the interest. And so, um, you know, we've helped our clients create uh, recruiting videos anywhere from a minute to two minutes that do a great job of introducing uh, the client to the school. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't charge for that because, uh, that, that's something that most of our clients can do on their own with simple, uh, software packages that are actually on the computer already and a, uh, Android or iPhone where you can take some video. And so we're not big proponents of spending a lot of money on recruiting videos. Um, you know, we, we think that the, the number one thing is you have an introduction on the recruiting video that introduces yourself as a player, name, grade, position, uh, school, uh, height, weight. And then, uh, if you're a pitcher, uh, we recommend, uh, a, an intro to the pitches you play or, or throw, I'm sorry, and the uh, velocity ranges uh, of those pitches. And then two to three game clips of each particular pitch in the, uh, in the sequence. And that, that should be enough for a, to pique a coach's attention on the pitching because they're really focused on the tools at the end of the day. And, uh, they, they should be able to do that. Most coaches say they know within 30 seconds as to whether or not a player is worth looking at. On, on the position side, very similar stuff. You know, we, we look at, uh, hitting. So we highlight, uh, batted ball exit speed, both max and a range. Um, we also then, uh, recommend three, uh, game at bats and, and typically, uh, the, the action pitch is the most important one, right? So they can assess your swing against live pitching. So three clips of you swinging the bat in a game and then um, some live game film of uh, you at your position. And uh, that's going to give the coach all they need. And so we recommend, you know, recruiting videos anywhere from a minute to two minutes max, because as I said, Coaches will uh, be able to figure out within 30 seconds whether or not they want to spend more time uh, taking a look at your player. Right. And uh, I think the, the more time you spend on on that, especially for a player um, such as Kyle, who seems to be a younger one, I think there are other uses of both resources and uh, time and money that can go into improving uh, his game. So um, that's all the time we really have today. Eric, as always, it's a pleasure. And if you have any other questions out there that you'd like to submit, please email them to support at collegebaseballmatch.com and we'll be happy to answer them as well as kind of follow back up with you. Well, thanks again, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Dugout, a College Baseball Match podcast. For more information about the college baseball recruiting process, visit our website, collegebaseballmatch.com. You can also find us on all social media channels. Do you have a question about the recruiting process that you'd like answered on the show? Email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com. 